2019. And this is the time where we realize I still weigh more than I want to. This is the time of the year where we realize my relationships are still struggling. My marriage isn't exactly what I want it to be. My finances are still a mess. I'm not making the impact. I'm wasting time. <laughs> this is the time that God, I think, actually has graced us with. When the Bible says that he actually created, when he created the world, he created so that there would be years and months and weeks. I think that's so we can have last year and so that we can have a new year. And it's a great gift for us. But I think this is a time where there's all of us, there's probably, there can't be any of us in here who feel like, no, I'm good, man. I'm living exactly the way that I want to live. All of us in here have a desire to live. And we kind of realize, it's like, man, I'm not doing everything I could be doing. So what are we searching for, right? As you hand it into the 2-9 thing, 2019. Where, what is the way? What is the right way? What's going to actually work? We're all searching for the way, for what's going to work. We're searching for the next thing. We're searching for what is actually going to fulfill us. The truth is, you guys, we're searching to be fully alive. We just want to be fully alive. So can I say, let me just, here's Jesus. So Jesus comes along and he says, I am the way. I am the truth. In other words, and when, when he says I am the truth, he says I am reality. In other words, I am what works. And I am the life. So here's what's super cool about this. So we are gonna, we're, we're gonna search for so many different things this year. Things that we think are gonna help us live life to the full. And I just wanna remind you today that Jesus is saying, yes, there are many good things I place in this earth, but I am the way. <laughs> and I am the truth and I am the life. He holds within himself. Now, why does that make sense? Because he's the creator, right? The Bible says that everything that exists, everything was created in him, which means it started in his mind, so it's, it's his idea. It was created by him, and it was created for him. So if he's the creator, can I just ask you a question? Then who else knows what works? If he's the creator, who else knows what the way is? And so we see this in nature. We see it in nature all around us. We know what actually brings us life. There are ways in nature which work. And they're embedded in the nature. And so what do we do? We study those. We learn what nature is. And then we actually submit to those laws of nature. And when we do, we live right? Very simply, what's the law of nature? You got to have some of this, right? You know that the way God created the world is if you don't have water, you die. And you know, you need food. And if you don't have food, you die. So go ahead and try not to eat all year long or drink any water. You're not going to have life. This is just the way that he's created it. Here's the other thing we know. We know that if you're on the top of a building and you jump off, you're going to fall, now, you could say, but I want to float. Well, go ahead and jump off and try to float. It doesn't work. Why? Because God has embedded within his creation what works. And so we study, we have scientific method, and we realize this is what works. And when we submit to the way it was created, we thrive and we live. So what does the Bible say? Everything was created by God. 
And so that means us. So could it be that there are ways embedded into human living that just work? Is there a way? When Jesus says, I am the way, and you're trying to figure out the way for you to thrive, is there a way embedded by our creator that says emotionally, intellectually, volitionally, relationally, if you will discover what the way is, and Jesus says, and it's me, and submit to that, guess what will happen? You will live. And so here's what I want to remind you, man. As we head into 2019, here's the question, right? Where are we going? Let me just tell you where we're going to go. We're going to go wherever Jesus goes. <laughs> That's where we're going to go. And I want to encourage you with everything that's within me, when you head into 2019, if, and especially if you're here today and you don't actually believe in Christ, if, if, if you haven't put your faith in him, if you're here investigating this, here's the coolest thing, is you can actually struggle with the Bible. You can say, well, I don't know if I believe in the Bible. And we actually believe that the Bible reveals the way of God. But here's the cool thing, is if you don't want to trust the Bible, then here's another idea. Just be human. Try to live, and when you find something that doesn't work, then you can move and find what works. And I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, I am the way. And I want to encourage you just to try him. And so for all the rest of us who say we're Christians at K2 in 2019, where are we going to go as a church? Man, we want to go wherever he goes because he alone is the way and the truth and the life. So our mission here is to invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following Jesus. And I want to do that, man. And I'm gonna share with you just real quick how we're gonna do that. So in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament, in the Jewish culture, you were called a disciple. We don't really have that word today. And so what does the disciple mean? A disciple was simply anyone who would leave everything to follow a rabbi, which was a Jewish teacher. But the reason a student, a, a young man, would actually become a disciple is because he wanted to learn everything he could about that rabbi so that he could live like him. So Jesus was a, considered a rabbi. And that's why when he said, and this is the word, come follow me, he said. And these guys left everything to follow him. I love this little phrase that, that, that uh, people have discovered was said back then. People would say to a young man who decided to be a disciple, they, say, they would say, may the dust of your rabbi fall on your feet. It's a cool picture. What were they saying? May you follow your rabbi so closely that every time he kicks up dust, you're right there and it lands on your feet. May you actually become like him. And you guys, I just want to encourage you, Jesus, his vision for your life is that you and I can actually live a supernatural, divinely empowered, fully alive life. You really can. And our goal is to invite you into that and to equip you to know how to do it. So a lot of people, like when you're a church guy like me and you go to pastor's conferences and stuff, they'll always, there are people will throw out this question. How do you define a disciple? What is a disciple? So I'm just gonna tell you today, and this is what I'm gonna unpack, how we would just say, this is how we would define what a disciple is. And I'm gonna use a simple verse, and it's this verse. 
Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. All right? So here's the first thing, the first statement. Jesus says, come follow me. What's a disciple? A disciple is someone who simply follows Jesus. So where are we going to go this year? We're going to go wherever Jesus is going. Because he says, if you follow me, then you can actually live the life that I created you to live. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, real, real quick, let me, let me just say this. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been walking with Jesus for th- over 30 years. And uh, there's so much in me that loves the life that he offers me. But at the same time, I get super frustrated because I feel like I'm not living everything that Jesus wants me to live. Can I just ask you, all of you guys who say you actually follow Jesus, how many of you, though, in truth, are frustrated a lot of the time that you're not living the life that Jesus says you can live? Anybody? Okay. So I, I just want to encourage you. Part of that is being human, okay? And I'm going to show you that for a bit. But I believe that a key component for us, the reason that we can sit in here week after week and get a message and have truth go to us, you could read your Bible every single day. You could actually be in a Life Together group and study the scriptures every week and not experience the fullness of what God has for you. And I actually think that's actually super frustrating. And my guess would be some of you in here or some people who tried church and don't come anymore. One of the reasons it could be super frustrating is because you're just gaining a lot of knowledge, but knowledge that actually isn't practiced, okay? Because he says, you gotta follow me. And so we're like, well, I'm learning and I'm learning and I'm learning, which is great. We need to learn. But he says, the only thing that counts is learning. Is that what the Bible says? Uh Uh-uh. He says, the only thing that counts is faith. And faith is confident trust. And the Bible says, faith without action is what? Say it louder. It's dead. So so here's what I want to encourage you in 2019. Some of you might be going, man, I'm just not experiencing the life. Where's where's this intimacy with God that you talk about? I just want to encourage you. For some of you, it may simply be you actually have to follow him. You have to take what you've learned and act on it. And the Bible says every step of faith you take, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's what I know. Today it's going to happen. Today you're going to hear some things. I'm going to be talking, and at the same time, thoughts are going to come inside your head. You're going to feel a prompting, something that inside of you, God is going to actually give you thoughts, and he's going to move you. He's going to want to move you to take a step. That's going to happen every week. That's what can happen when you read the Bible. And I just want to encourage you, man, He's saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. But if you want to be my disciple, then you've got to deny yourself, take you up your cross, and everybody say it, follow me. All right? So we're going to do our best this year to invite you always, not to just learn stuff, but to actually walk by faith, to act out what you live. And we're going to equip you 
to know how to do that, all right? Here's the second thing he says. He says, uh, if, uh, follow me and I will make you. I will make you. So what is a disciple? Disciple is someone who's actually transformed by Jesus. And I love the fact that he's not sitting up there going, okay, follow me and then get your act together. Follow me and make yourself awesome. No, he goes, if you follow me, I love that, I will make you. This is so cool. Jesus so wants to actually transform us. So where are we going to go this year? We're going to go wherever Jesus is going. And can I ask you, where, where's Jesus going to go? Right here. Right here. See, you guys, again, don't forget, this is true Christianity. Again, if you're new to this whole thing, Christianity is not finding rules and trying to live a certain way so that we can appease God so that he'll love us, okay? That is not what it is. Christianity, again, is somebody who admits, I can't follow God. I'm super selfish, and I don't have the power to do what he wants to do, and I can't do what he asked me to do, and it's frustrating. And a Christian is somebody who finally just said, God, please forgive me because I'm a sinner, and I'm so caught up in myself, I can't follow you. And then as soon as you admit that, he says, if you'll confess your sin to me and put your faith in me, I will absolutely forgive you of all your sin. And then he says, and then I will move in right here. The beautiful mystery of the hope of living life, of glory, is Christ, where? In you. So where's gonna, where's, we're going to go wherever Christ goes. Where's Christ going? He's going right in here. And you know why he's doing it? It's because he actually wants to transform you. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 3. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, who will, uh, with unveiled faces, refract, refract. Did you guys know you refract? We all reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into the image, into his image, with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You guys, this is one of my absolute favorite verses. Wherever the Lord is, the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, what is it? There is, say it, freedom. See, God actually wants you to be fully free, to be fully alive. And what I love about this verse, though, he says, so here's what it is. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, what's he doing? He is transforming us into the very image of Jesus with ever-increasing glory. I say this all the time, but don't forget this. If it's ever-increasing, do you ever get there? No. And I tell you, you need a lot of grace. I need a lot of grace. Because sometimes I get, again, so frustrated that I'm not like Jesus. And he's like, well, chill, Nelson, you're Dave, okay? And I am in the process, but it's ever increasing. But that's the great goal, you guys. And to be conformed into the image of Jesus means what? The fruit of the Spirit is so beautiful. It's everything we're looking for. It is love. It is joy. It is peace. To be conformed in the image of Jesus means that you are absolutely free from yourself. To be conformed into the Im image of Jesus means you have his wisdom. It means you have internal strength. It means power to be able to live a life 
that in, gives God glory, that blesses, to have the image of Jesus. And, and so here, where are we going this year? That's where we're going to go. And we're going to do everything we can to equip you and to invite you to let Jesus Christ actually make you, let him make you into who he created you to be. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 says this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Okay, every part of you. May your whole body and soul be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And here's so cool. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Any, anybody else um, on New Year's Eve, do you guys, anybody else uh, notice the wind on New Year's Eve day? Anybody see that? I mean, I, I, we were prepping for a big party and I'm, I'm looking outside and every time I'd look outside, I mean, the snow was just whipping off my roof and it was twirling all over the place. I mean, it was a huge windstorm. About four in the afternoon, I go to the grocery store to get my final stuff. I pick it up, and then I'm driving east back towards the mountains, and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like somebody put new glasses on because everything was crystal clear. Kind of like yesterday. You guys see the valley yesterday? <laughs> okay, that was supposed to be a joke. Anybody see the valley yesterday? <laughs> no, you didn't see the valley, right? Because the inversion is so filled up in our place. And I, I remember moving here from Michigan. It's like, oh my God, if you only knew when the inversion was coming, you just schedule your vacations then and get out of here. And what, but it was a perfect picture for me. What happened on that day? The wind came and blew out every particle in the sky and it was crystal clear. And all I could think of is, you know what the Bible says? The spirit is like the wind. The Spirit is like the wind. And what does the wind do? What does the Spirit do? He is transforming you. He is taking out anything within you that's not beautiful. Now, I, I, by the way, it's painful when the Spirit comes in and starts taking out things that aren't beautiful because we like those things. <laughs> I'm not saying this is all, woohoo! No, lots of times it's pretty painful because it's like, wait, I like this thing. Wait, this is the thing that actually gives me significance. Wait, this is the thing that protects me. And Jesus is going, I know, but it's killing you. So his spirit comes and he blows and he blows and he blows until he just gets rid of all of the smog in your spirit because he wants you, he wants you to be glorious. And so that's what a disciple is. Somebody who goes, I'm gonna follow Jesus and it's someone who's actually being transformed by Jesus. And here's the last thing. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And here's the last thing. That means we're on mission with Jesus. If you are a disciple, then you are on mission with Jesus. So we're going to go, right? Wherever Jesus goes. Where are we going to go this year? We're going to go wherever he goes. Wherever he goes. Well, where does he go? He goes into the whole world. For God so loved a few special people that he gave his one and only son. No, for God so loved the world. First, Second Corinthians 5, it says, and Christ died for just the good people. No, and Christ died for all. And so this year in 2019, Jesus tells us, my father is always at work. And what's he working to do? He's working to every single person on this planet, every one of your neighbors, every one of your coworkers, every one of your friends, everyone that matters to you that, you're in, that you know God wants them 
connected back to himself. Now look at, so how's he going to do that? In 2 Corinthians 5, it says this. All of this goodness is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Again, that's what a disciple is. It's someone who got their life reconciled to God, and he filled us with his spirit. And look what he says. We are reconciled to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And here it is. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Can I, and, and so here's what I want to tell you. If you're a follower of Jesus, and you are, if you're a Christian in here, the one thing you've got to be able to deal with is if you are, that means you follow him. That means you go wherever he goes. You are with him wherever he is. And I'm telling you, he is asking you, he's calling you to say, when you follow me, you're on mission with me. And the only way that the world is going to know about the amazing love of God is if disciples are being equipped and encouraged to actually take the beautiful love of Christ into the world so every person in this planet has a chance to be reconciled back to God, all right? So, now at this point, I'm gonna ask Rachel Wilford to come out, and uh, we're just gonna illustrate this a little bit. And, um, and Derek Murphy actually was supposed to be here, but Derek is home, he texted me this morning, he goes, "My, I've got some major stuff going on in my stomach, so Derek's busy doing some other things this morning, and so that he can't uh, join us. And Derek is our director um, of Life Together, and Rachel is our director of our Life Together group. So would you welcome her to the stage this morning? <laughs> So bad, so bad. You're welcome awesome. for that one earlier. <laughs> All right, so, um, and, and when Derek uh, uh, tech, uh, texted me this morning, he also kind of just shared with me really quick, so he was gonna share, because here's what we want you to know. We want you to know that all three of these things, we're just trying to be disciples too. <laughs> so we're trying to follow him. We're trying to allow him just to, to, to transform us. We're seeking that and we're trying to be on mission with him. So we just wanted to share stories about that. So Derek's story really was, he just said, Dave, um, one of my biggest struggles is this. He goes, I know I can't follow him if I don't hear his voice, right? So Jesus says this. He goes, I'm a good shepherd. And then he says, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. And so Derek was just going to share his story of how hard it's been, though, to actually take the time to get into the word of God, because that's how one of the ways God speaks to us is through the Bible, through the word of God. And, and even though he spent five years in higher education, he goes, that was just knowledge. But to hear his voice is relationship. And so Derek, he just, man, he had to work hard, and he still is working hard to make sure that he's carving out time, he's, he's getting other men in his life to hold him accountable to that so that he actually sits and listens to God. Because if we're going to follow him, we got to hear what he's saying to us. So that was his story. But then I just said, well, Rachel, uh, Derek's not here, so you got a story? <laughs> so she actually, but she did. She had something cool that God yeah. has done this last year to challenge her to follow him. Yeah, so this goes back a bit when 
Uh, Jason and I, we've been married almost 15 years coming up in a couple weeks. And just a few years, thank you. <laughs> feels like this, but, but uh, just a few years into our marriage, our, our youngest, um, one of our daughters became very ill and ended up in the ICU. And at that time, and um, that's, you know, a devastating thing that happens. And then regular hospitalizations occurred. And so you can imagine the financial burden that that caused on our family. At the same exact time, literally one week after she came home from the ICU, we had a flood in our home that destroyed over a quarter of the home. So we have zero finances, zero community, because we're only about a year into living here. So we lived for like two years with a demoed house with a sick baby. It was insane. And so the financial burden just kept piling on and piling on year after year. Then you add in terrible financial decisions, you add in then, um, I'll go a little bit further into it, but a year and a half ago, I faced some pretty serious stuff that hit me, and with it came another big blow of financial burden. And so that kept coupling up with us. And, and for any of you who've been through that, you know the, the restraint, the suffocation that money can put on you when it carries you that way. And so we tried struggling through it on our own. Um, doing it, you know, doing all the different things and recognize that this was where the Lord was calling us to follow him in his ownership of our money. That we needed to release that to him. And so, yeah, we're, we're having to follow some of the Dave Ramsey and some of these other things, but releasing it and understanding that this isn't us paying tithing, that this is us giving back to the Lord what he has given us, that provision that he has allowed us to have. So we've made some pretty serious steps to pull back everything and to, to allow that move to happen. But that's not an easy thing. Like any of you, like I said, if any of you had financial stuff, that is an area you just want to kind of push to this side and not talk to anybody about it, right? Amen, right? So <laughs> yeah, so that's where we really feel like God has said, let me lead you in this. Yeah, and, and you guys, I, I just want to say too on this follow thing, because there's so many things that Jesus says to follow some, but there's two, there's two that just seem paramount for him. The first one is this. Well, well I'll say the second one, because the first one's more important, but this one right here. It's crazy how many times the scholars will show you that when you read Jesus' teaching, he actually talks more about money. And, and, and why is that such a big deal to him? Because he says this crazy thing, where your treasure is, he goes, that's where your heart will be. So he knows us, and he knows that when wherever we're putting our resource, he goes, then that's where your heart's going to be. And that's why, so he says, God has told us all through the scripture, this counsel of this tithe. And I know in the, in, for many of you, you're like, hear that word, and it's like, ah, Rachel was like that, man. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, that's old school. We don't have to deal with that. Like, yeah. That's from our past life. Yeah, yeah get that out of here. But, but what's crazy, you guys, is he's just telling us that give back to me what's actually mine. And, and the beautiful thing is that when you do that, it's the best thing for your heart and for your soul. And so, but, but I just want to challenge you real quick. So all of you guys who are Christians, if you say, I follow Jesus, and you're looking for him, the way, and yet all of your resource is still going to yourself, and you don't give anything back to him, that's actually not his way. And then what's happening is there's stuff actually going on in your heart between you and God that you might not even know about. So I want to challenge you, man. This in 2019, if you're actually going to say, I'm following Jesus, and I want to be transformed by Jesus, then one of the steps you might need to take is that I'm going to be faithful financially with Jesus. And then the second thing, which Rachel's going to get into here in just a moment, is more than anything, he says, love each other. Love each other. There's just no way 
that we can actually experience what he's doing if we're not in relationship where we can actually love each other. So again, I just want to encourage you. Last year, what a great celebration. 130 more people got into life together, actually got into relationships so they can love each other. That's awesome. And yet still, we know there's some of you who are saying, I'm a Christian. And yet, when he says, then follow me, and he goes, okay, what do you want me to do? I want you to be in relationship with each other. We go, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> and, and, and we get it because we're human and there's a lot of fears with that. But I just want to tell you again, if you want to have the life, the way, the truth that'll set you free, then you got to do what he tells you to do. And one of those things is get in relationship. And so anyway, so now we move into this next phase of, of actually being transformed. Yeah. So, so we follow him, but then we're getting transformed him. And this is actually a thing Rachel's prepared to share. Yes. So go for it. Yes. And I, I really think that's why these tissues just got dropped off is because I think they like to bring me up to do the transformation story because we need to have the, the token crier on stage every now and then. <laughs> so it's going to happen. Be prepared. I'm not embarrassed, so don't be embarrassed either. But so I just want to share, some of you have heard a little bit about this story before, so I'm going to kind of head into that piece and then head into what's happened recently. But um, eight years ago, when um, we were heading into some, some, some of this stuff I just talked about and devastation in our homes and our lives, I stumbled into K2 desperate. I didn't understand very much that was going on. I had grown up in religion, Jason had as well, um, but I had come out of it with this idea of shame. I'd come away from it knowing that I was never going to be good enough for God. I knew who he was. I knew there was a God that was out there and that he existed. He just really didn't like me and he didn't like what I did. And he was definitely pushing me out and the door was closed. And so I came in, I must've had some amount of hope because I showed up that day and that's a whole nother deal. But um, I showed up that day and a couple weeks later when the pastor said, if you're ready to hand it all over, whether you've known who Jesus was or not, if you're ready to hand it over and give it all to God right now, stand up and receive Jesus into your heart. And that was it. I stand up, I did the thing, and I'm thinking, this is the most insane thing I've ever done. What is happening that Rachel Wilford is standing up and accepting Jesus? And my life at that point was transformed into something unrecognizable. Unrecognizable to myself as I checked out how I was living and what was going on in my heart unrecognizable to friends and family. Our, our stepkids were just like, y'all, weird. Well, that was before and after that. But, <laughs> um, you know, my parents are totally confused. And, and yet at the same time, I'm hearing from people over and over. I don't know what it is that happened to you, but we like it. We love seeing you so happy. And then here's where it gets gnarly. So I think all this hard stuff is done, right? You accept Jesus, life is glorious, the skies part, and oh, it's all beautiful all the time. Well, what ended up happening is a year and a half ago, the Lord decided it was time to put some things in my face that I needed to deal with. Like literally two of the most ugliest things in the world got thrown in my face and into my lap, and I had to deal with them. There was no way I could avoid them. So what I did is I ended up deciding out of, I don't even know, I decided immediately, weirdly enough, to call Dave and say, Dave, I've got this going on, and I don't know what to do with it. I literally at that moment expected rejection. I expected, I expected to be fired. I expected just like, rejection. I just expected to be cast out and have that door of shame and, and, and outcast shut again. And yet I was received with this love that was so confusing. So here I had this amazing transformation eight years ago. And then a year and a half ago, another insane 
unrecognizable transformation where now I know put things away from me as far as I can because I don't even want to have them near me at the risk of what they could do to my life again. I mean, these are the kind of things, you guys, some of you have probably faced things like this where it, it changes who you are. It changes how people look at you. It changes how you're going to be able to live life, literally. And, and these are things that I just have to say, like, but what happened was by opening up and allowing the Lord to come in and continue to do that work, I received what this transformation. So this, this journal right here, I started the day after one of those blasted me, okay? The day after when I'm sitting there and I'm devastated and I have no idea. And the first chunk of it was literally I could read through, and I, I did. Um, I read through and was like, I can see where my heart was sorrowful and Lord, I'm, I'm David in the Psalms. Where have you gone? Why have you left me? What am I going to do? How could I be this terrible, horrible, horrific person? I'm an embarrassment. And then there's a moment in here, and as I reread it, um, I knew that was the minute things flipped for me. It was immediate. And my journal entry was this. Lord, provide the spiritual weapons I need today to demolish strongholds. Grant me the divine power. No, you have provided the divine power. You have granted me this. I have full access. And as I read back through the rest of it, this rest of it that's here was completely different. It was filled with scripture after scripture of my identity and the truth of who God sees me and who I am. It is now you're the daughter. You're the one he flew through the skies for. It no longer was, I mean, of course, there's still God. What's wrong with me? Um, but it was my truth and who he was. And I continue to live in that as often as I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awesome, you guys. <clears throat> And I am super proud. This is Jason right here. Jason, raise your hand. You guys see him. He's up there playing in the band a lot for us. But I, I am. I'm so proud of these guys. And, um, and, and, I, and I'm proud of them because um, they, they couldn't because they couldn't change their life. They couldn't change their life. But they took this crazy, ridiculous step of faith and decided to expose what's going on. And I just want to tell you, God loves you, and he has all the grace in the world for you. And he wants nothing more than for you to be free and to be fully alive. And so we just take that. And you know what's crazy, too, is none of this would have happened if Jason and Rachel weren't in relationship, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it's experiencing the grace and the truth of God through each other that's so important. And I don't know about you, I want to see a whole lot of more of these stories right here. Well, and just to share how this can be a piece of your story. So this morning as I'm, I'm getting ready and I'm preparing to come in, um, Pandora's on, and Chris Tomlin's version of Amazing Grace came on. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard it, but it's, it, it hit me so hard this morning where one of the lines says, my chains are gone and I've been set free. And I will tell you, friends, that hmm. this, this is the gospel. Hmm. There is nothing outside of this this freedom that you will receive. So the minute you bring your stuff into the light and you say, I am no longer going to be the person who shows up and sits in these seats, these things that stay at home or in this closet or wherever they are, I'm going to put them out here and I'm going to say, I need help. I'm ready to walk away from these. You do that and you will be set free. Hmm. Absolutely. 
So a disciple is someone who follows him, and it's someone who's transformed by him. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you, whether you're brand new, because if transformation started, first you have to actually receive. The first step of faith is just to receive Christ and to let him. Don't hold God any longer at arm's length, but allow him to come in to forgive you and to reconcile you. That's what the verse says. He wants to reconcile you to himself. But then for some of you, you're eight years in too. And there's still hard stuff going on in your lives. And I just want to, through Rachel's story and Jason and me, all of us, he just, he's never done. He's never going to stop loving you into complete freedom. And that's what a disciple gets. So let me just close real quickly. The last one is uh, I just want to share a little bit of my personal story on the third thing. What it is as a disciple is as someone who's actually on mission with Jesus. And... Um, and I, I'll just, I just need to be, I just want to be super honest with you, right? I mean, I'm the pastor and I'm, I'm this guy who should, you know, be following Jesus in a, in a really uh, powerful way. But what's crazy is sometimes you can actually get caught up and you don't even really realize it where, you, where there's things that you know um, that you should be doing, but you actually don't believe them because you're not actually doing them. And um, God helped me to see a year and a half ago or so that I was way too caught up in trying to make K2 work and just trying to lead this church. And, and finally, he pinned me to the ground. He said, Nelson, the only way K2 is going to work is if you and everybody else around here will actually love each other. And what's crazy is you can be doing all the right things and be doing nothing right at all if we're not seeing each other and loving each other. And then... During my sabbatical, <laughs> so while I was spending intimate time with him every day, I, um, one of the things I've been doing, and I've shared this with you guys before, is the Bible says we can actually be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So, so part of the reason we're not being transformed is because we're still believing things that aren't true in here. And now science, again, is showing that the thoughts that you have literally take real estate in your brain. And truth, when you think about what's true, it can destroy them. So this exercise that I do is you, you pick up a, a to, what's called a toxic thought. It's a thought that isn't true. And then you attack it for 21 days. And this it, is Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Um, she's a Christian brain scientist. And she's actually put together, this has been so helpful for me. I'm doing this nonstop because, man, I'm, if I can get rid of these lies and actually get transformed and be free, I want them. So this summer, and this is hard to say to you guys, but I'm just going to tell you, the toxic thought that I realized I had in my brain was, it's okay for people not to know God or not to know Jesus as long as we get along. Now, I don't know if that sounds very offensive to you. That was super offensive to me when I realized, because guess what? I know it's not okay for people not to know God, <laughs> right? I think I should know that. It's kind of what I try to tell you guys all the time. Because Jesus actually had to come to save the world, <laughs> Not to condemn it, but to save it. But what Jesus had to show me was, but Nelson, the way you live, you live like it's okay for people not to know me as long as you get along with them. How are you doing with your neighbors? What do you do with the soccer parents that you spend every week with? What do you do with people even right here at K2? And I tell you, it's horrible. When I really looked at my life, I realized, you know what? I'm just trying to get people to like me. I'm just trying to get along. Can I, just, can I just ask you guys, I just need to ask all of you guys who are actually followers of Christ. Is that you too? Or are you actually on mission with Jesus 
helping other people get to know him. And I just, I just want to tell you, this last year, that's a huge conviction for me and something that I'm really working on and growing on, praying and asking God, God, please give me your heart because I want to help you because I'm on a mission with you to help every person. You actually gave me that mission, according to your word, to help everybody get reconciled to you. So I do have some celebration with that, though, because we have this little base camp book that Susie and I wrote years ago. It's just a very basic uh, 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 walk through the foundations of Christianity. And God has been so gracious to help me walk three different people through that who have actually made decisions to receive Christ. So it's so cool. And what's great is one of the first guys who did that, um, he's actually walking with me, now walking other people through base camp. Guys, it's so cool. It's just, it's really fun. And... And, and, but, but here's what's great, is that's how it works, is it's in relationship with each other. It's actually doing this. And so I, I just want to encourage you, again, part of our job is to equip you to be able to do this. And by the way, is there anything that's more fun than actually being with people who are finding the grace and the love of God for the first time? <laughs> do you guys remember that? Man, it, it, what, what's exciting is it keeps me alive because I'm hanging out with people who are finding this for the first time. And so I just want to encourage you. Um, in fact, I, and we're going to close here now and, and just talk you through some very practical ways. How in 2019 can we equip you to actually follow Jesus, to actually be transformed by him, and to be on mission with him? On the mission one, uh, if you will grab your little, um, I've got these things in my pocket, but the little thing that's inside your program, this guy right here, um, if you would be interested, you know, oh, by the way, let me just celebrate this. On Christmas Eve, at our Christmas Eve services, we had 28 people actually fill out those cards to receive Christ at our Christmas Eve services. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, 28 new people did that. So we actually have been training up people to take people through base camp. We have 25 people who are trained up to take people through base camp. The good news is they're already booked. <laughs> And so we're looking for more people who would like to do that. I, I want to ask you, if you are a follower of Christ and you want to be equipped in how to walk somebody through the basics of the Christian faith, then would you write your name on this card, just write your name and then write base camp on this thing. And when we leave and you go out, slip it in the offering box so that we can get a hold of you and we'd love to train you up for that. So go for it. Yeah, and then two other ways that you can really experience this, follow me, the transformation um, is, is getting into that community because those are the areas where things start to shift. I have heard story after story, especially recently, of some of the things, because someone was open and vulnerable, um, others are getting out into that. They're tr being transformed. They're getting into community, something they maybe thought they would never do. So we have a couple of things. Obviously, we have the Life Together groups. And as the director of that, it's going to be a big push for me uh, to get you guys into that. But right now, we have about 50 groups that are going on between here and Davis County. 50 groups of from anywhere to 10 to 20 people that are getting together weekly. They're talking about their lives. They're talking about Jesus moving in their lives. And, and they're going to be the ones who are going to come alongside you. They're going to be the ones you call when things get great. And you're going to be the ones who call when things get nasty. Um, so get into that. We've got the table out there that's always there. So come hang out. Um, Jason and I will be out there today. So come say hi to us. The other thing that we're getting ready to launch and we're kind of getting um, an understanding and figuring it all out is this running partners. Because we also understand that, that there's a further, a, a bigger depth that can happen when you're with someone one-on-one -on -one or, or as, a, as a three. And so Dave, I know this is a big piece of what you've done in your, in your journey and this has been a big piece for me because 
There was some stuff when I needed to share it. I needed these people to, we needed to be really in. And when we got together, they asked really hard questions. What are you doing today to follow Jesus? What are you doing to put yourself between that sin that has been part of your life? What are you doing? How are you doing? And all those specific questions, and it's beautiful. So if you have some people in your life that you're ready to get started with that, come talk to us. We're going to have some kind of guidelines of how to get started with it. Again, it's in progress, so there's nothing public or uh, big launched out yet. But we would love to talk with you about how to get into these communities because this is where, as that transformation happens, as Dave says, you hear that thing in your heart on a Sunday and you don't know how to take action, this is where you're going to hear how to take action. Yeah, you guys, it's just clear. Jesus said that when God was here on the planet, the way he transformed people's lives was in relationship. It does not, I'm telling you right now, if you're going to be a disciple and a follower of him, that you've got to do more than just sit in these seats. If, if you really want the life that Jesus has for you, you've got to take that next step and get your life connected in other, with other people who are going after him. That's just how he designed us to do it. All right? Okay. Guys, awesome. give a thanks to Rachel for coming up here. And, and, uh, and we're actually, we're going we're gonna to close, but I want to close with prayer. Would you guys just stand with me? And I, and I really want to pray for you, but I, I want to ask you, again, before you just bolt out of here, seriously, grab that card that's in your program. And if you want to go on this journey with us, and by the way, it was so cool. So we set up for base camp, right, for somebody, if you want to get trained in how to do base camp. But after first service, somebody came up to me and said, can you tell me more about what that base camp is? And I'm like, yeah. So I told them, I'm like, so where are you at in your faith? And they're like, well, we're really new. And I'm like, oh, so you want to take base camp? I'm like, that was so cool. I'm like, so if you actually would like to have someone walk with you in base camp, Write your name, write Basecamp down there and say, I'd like to receive, okay, so that we can actually walk with you. But man, take a step, you guys. Here's, here, again, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to read this week after week after week. If we don't follow him, we don't experience him. And it's so, just don't just take in information. Take the risk of step of faith. And today, it would be filling out that card as well. And maybe on the back, you go, okay, I want to know how to get into a Life Together group or checking out the table with Rachel and Jason. Take a step of faith and move into these relationships. And you, apparently, what Jesus says, will discover the way. And you'll know the truth, which sets you free. And you'll have eternal life because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you walked into me. All right, so let me pray for us. God, thank you that you lead us into 2019. You lead us every single day, but right now into this new year, you are ready to lead us. You are ready to be our Lord. You are ready to move us into life. And we thank you and we give you praise for that. God, we worship you. We really do. Today, Jesus, we lift you up because you came to earth to reveal to us what is real. You came to reveal what the way is what the truth is, what the life is, and it's knowing you. So thank you for coming to die for our sins so we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled to God, so we could be filled with your spirit, so that we could be empowered to walk by faith. And God, I ask that you would give grace and mercy to everyone in this room, all of us, that we would walk by faith, that we would follow you, so that we can know you. And I pray for that grace in Jesus' name, amen.